0: Hi, this is Suparna Goswami, Principal Correspondent with Information Security Media Group. Third-party risk is increasingly becoming the number one pain point for most CISOs. With organizations dealing with so many vendors, how can a CISO manage all this in the best possible way? Speaking more on this is Jonathan Edit, President and Co-Founder of Third-Party Risk Association. Welcome, Jonathan.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Jonathan, today most CISOs understand and realize the problem of vendor risk management or third-party risk, but the problem does not seem to go away. You must be interacting with a lot of CISOs or and practitioners. Where do you think is the disconnect? Where are they missing the mark?
1: I, I think there's a couple issues here that keep this issue on the forefront. One is that, that just in general, the business areas themselves are keep they keep adding vendors. There's you know there's always the push to do things leaner and cheaper and faster. So rather than bringing on staff companies are continually looking to outsource operations to third parties to, to get things done quicker that they may specialize in. It's a constant battle on the security side that we're being asked to kind of make sure these companies are secure, but they keep adding more and more. So even if you know, it's one of those insurmountable challenges, it's like pushing a rock up in the hill sometimes. Also, there, there's other things that I think are a challenge to this, especially for the CISOs. I know a lot of CISOs that I've spoken to, there's a lot of things regarding third-party risk, whether it be a security questionnaire or things like that, that they, they don't like doing. They don't they want to see that go away. But you know, in order to do that sort of stuff, you really, those CISOs themselves kind of have to open up their, air their dirty laundry, right? The only way to really make third-party risk go away is if it was a more open environment and, and people are more willing to share the issues that they may be having internally. So we're all kind of in this together. Until that all happens, third-party risk is kind of continually going to be an issue for everybody.
0: Okay. So what are some common mistakes you see organizations making with regards to group
1: The biggest mistake I see, I think, we'll rewind a little bit. So third-party risk itself really kind of came out of the financial world. That was the first industry that had to start doing this sort of stuff due to regulations and that sort of stuff, for good reason. I mean, now we're kind of moved into the finance or into healthcare and Uh, beyond healthcare, we're getting a lot of other industries, retail, manufacturing, education, all that stuff. They're now getting into third-party risk. One of the common mistakes I see is that I think a lot of companies probably aren't doing enough with regards to third-party risk. There's a lot of uh, organizations that I've spoken to that they think they have a very robust program in place, but in, in reality, it, it's not robust at all. They're they're doing kind of the bare minimum, and what I like to refer to as like check the box auditing. And to be you know, to be fair, that they may not know exactly what depth they need to go to for some of this stuff because it may be new to their industry and they're just getting started. And that's where I think things like you know sharing information about third party risk is, is really helpful. That is probably the biggest issue. And, and there's a lot of vendors in this space as well that are kind of enabling that that way to look at things, and, and they're providing services that really aren't going in in depth on. Uh, the security of those vendors that they're assessing. It's really just, hey, I've gotten a completed questionnaire back. Everything says yes, so this vendor must be good, and and we call it a day. That sort of stuff is pretty dangerous because it gives you a false sense of security regarding your third-party risk program. In reality, you're really not doing all that much. So to really be proficient in third-party risk, you really have to start to to look at different different controls and, and collect evidence and it may involve onsite assessments and that sort of thing. The other big problem I see with third-party risk being done and wrong in some places is a lot of companies treat their vendors exactly the same. So if I have a vendor that is doing statement printing and, and they have A ton of PHI or PII and social security numbers and all that stuff. There's a lot of vendors that are treating them exactly the same as the company that hosts a marketing site that just has some promotional material and that's it. Companies really need to take a look at their vendors and then develop a criteria for triaging those and treating those vendors differently. You, you shouldn't be hitting a vendor that is a, a critical risk to the company because of data the same way that you're hitting a low-risk vendor and not on the same scale. So they really need to start triaging those vendors, hitting the low vendors not so often and, and probably a little easier than you're working on those critical and high-risk vendors.
0: Okay. Also, Jonathan, third-party risk is mentioned in every regulation like GDPR and ISD. I was speaking to a few practitioners and they believe that all regulations focus only on companies, but rarely do they give any guidelines for vendors. Do you think this approach needs to change?
1: Uh, I think global global regulation always has some help. It's kind of the carrot and the stick. It's something to to hold people against. But in my mind, it it can only go so far and you could have a company that just chooses not to comply with the regulation and they may have your data or that vendor may very well comply with the regulation and we can't protect everything. I've worked with plenty of vendors that have had glowing third-party risk reviews, nothing wrong, and they still get breached. I mean, that's the reality of the world we live in that you can only only do so much to assure that that vendor is secure. And the things like GDPR and uh, other global regulations, I think they bring they start the conversation. So stuff that may not have ever been talked about previously suddenly is on the forefront and, and people are, are talking about compliance with GDPR and, hey, you know, what, what do our vendors have to do to comply with that? And companies are being asked how their vendors are complying and, and getting certified for all that sort of stuff. So it, it definitely starts the conversation, but it doesn't solve the problem. It's, it, it's kind of akin to saying I have a, a regulation on guns, but somebody, can still get a gun and and shoot somebody, even if there's a law against it. Kind of the same thing. So it, 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 it starts a conversation, but it definitely doesn't solve the problem.
0: Also, what changes would you recommend? Because regulations don't ensure that you comply. Do you feel a global framework on third party risk is needed? And if yes, how practical is that?
1: You know, that's something that I've thought about quite frequently and, and you know, a framework for third party risk to, for companies to adhere to. The hard part is a lot of companies, you know, companies are agreeing or trying to comply with different standards themselves. So, you know, you might have a healthcare company that is, wants to be high trust certified. Or you might have someone else that their internal control, control framework is, is NIST based or, or other things. So it's tough to pigeonhole everybody into one specific thing that that's always the challenge that we we face with third party risk because if you're talking internal risk your own risk you can audit yourself against the control framework that you're trying to meet you know if you're trying to be high trust you know exactly the controls that you have to comply with so on the vendor side you know if you have somebody like a, a printing company they may be asked to be to comply with with high trust controls or with other stuff specific to banking or a government regulation or or those sorts of things it's very difficult. If we ever were to come up with a framework like that, I think it would have to be pretty high-level kind of entity-level controls and not get as, as specific into like a certain industry or that sort of stuff. And it's very hard to hold a company 100% accountable for a breach because, like I said, you know some of the best companies in the world still get breached. It's, it's just the nature of uh, the world we live in that the, the attackers are always five or ten steps ahead of us, and, and there's always the the possibility for human error and that sort of stuff that that never gets caught in a third-party risk review. If you review a vendor and, and everything looks great, and then there is a process failure that causes your data to be breached, that's a little harder to catch than you know, if they were missing a firewall or they had a, a web server that had a bunch of vulnerabilities in it that you were able to to tell from your testing.
0: So Jonathan, you must have seen a variety of third-party risk Breaches. Uh, can you give us a case study on how a company did, could not handle their third parties, and what was the problem area, and how would you advise them to approach the problem now? What are the challenges they can expect?
1: I don't necessarily want to get into a, a specific company. You know, I've, I've seen quite a few. I guess we'll give an example. Mergers and acquisitions are a huge issue for third-party risk folks like myself. Companies that that buy vendors or by other uh, companies, and then they they bring on their vendor load. And I have seen firsthand an acquisition where a company that was purchased had, it was like the wild, wild west. They had thousands of vendors, and, and people were bringing on different vendors, just by swiping the corporate card and paying $4 a month for a website and branding it with this company's company's logo and and collecting personal data and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, there's that's that one thing I've seen with all, some particular vendors. And, and just in general, I think the biggest issue that we see across the board is just companies themselves aren't really familiar with third party risk in general. So it's like I said if they haven't been in healthcare or they haven't been in finance, they they may not even really know much about this field. It's it's really just starting to take on in other areas. So they're not doing anything with their vendor population to secure them. And I think we're seeing things pop up in the news that kind of really speak to that. You know, major last year we had some major automakers that had one of their third parties breached and released a bunch of very, very, very important intellectual property. And I'm pretty sure they never thought about doing third party risk reviews before that. But I'm pretty sure that's probably now on their their radar, so I, I think that what we're seeing a lot of different companies is that you know, and the industries themselves really haven't had much to do with third party risks. So their vendor management to them is just making sure that they they pay their vendor on time and that their vendor does the work for them that they need. But it's really not how are you securing my data? I think we'll see that become. An even bigger topic across the board as we move forward. Problem for a lot of these companies is just the, the management and the review of the vendors themselves have them, the, the, the companies themselves probably having a, a very weak third party risk program in order to. Assess their own vendor population, or even know who their vendors are. You know, the vendors that, that companies deal with have the same issues that other vendors do, where they're you know they need to outsource things and move those things along. So it's kind of a, a daisy chain effect that goes further and further down. I think across the board, the biggest issue is just the lack of knowledge of risk and, and third-party risk in general that a lot of companies have.
0: Okay, Jonathan. So what would be your suggestion then, when, when it comes to awareness, building awareness? What can be done? then?
1: I, I think obviously they can get involved through various different organizations. They can and kind of not take the ostrich effect right, keeping your head buried in sand and and just praying that nothing goes wrong or remaining blissfully ignorant to the world around them, that that, that world has changed. I think CISOs at at companies, they really need to become aware of what third-party risk is and, and understand the risks that their company is taking by bringing on a vendor to do work and to outsource data. The, the awareness issue is the biggest thing, and I think it's getting better. Honestly, the, the biggest impetus for any company to, to start their own third-party risk program is a breach of their one of their vendors.
0: Sure. Thanks a lot, Jonathan, for sharing your thoughts on how best can one handle the problem of vendor risk management.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: You were listening to Jonathan Erit. For ISM Genesha. this is Suparna Goswami. Thank you.